Okay. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our podcast, The Love and Dating Guru with Dr. Dan, an industry expert. I'm very excited about this show as it will bring new insight to our many listeners about the dating challenges in the 21st century and the do's and don'ts when seeking your soulmate. Everything you need or want to learn about the how-tos of dating and relationship will be discussed here. How to avoid being put into a friend zone after the first date, being catfish, con, or getting scammed, and so much more will be covered in this podcast. Toxic relationship can cause strife, breakout, or divorces. Infidelity, trust issues, trouble finances can contribute to these challenges. Guests appearing on our show are expert in this industry, sharing their insight about what you can encounter in any stage of dating, getting into a relationship, and whatever comes next. My name is Dr. Dan, and I'm your host for today's episode. I'm a bilingual cognitive behavior psychotherapist specializing in relationship, marriage counseling using the EFT method, and post-divorce strategies when transitioning back into a single life. I provide individual one-on-one sessions in both French or English, and also do group settings. If you need any assistance, reach out to DMB Therapy and Coaching Services at 301-325-1550. And our official website is metalifecoach.online. Today, I'm very excited to have for our fifth episode of season two, a very special guest and relationship and intimacy therapist, Dr. April Brown. And just like my previous podcast, I will leave it up to the guests to properly introduce themselves as no one can do a better job. Dr. Brown, the floor is yours. Oh, thank you. I'm so happy to be on this show and meeting you. And thank you so much. And so my name is Dr. April Brown. I just go by Dr. April. And I am a specialist in intimacy. And I look at intimacy in all forms. So it's not only when we hear the word intimacy, most people just think it's about sex. But no, I look at it as dealing with yourself, the self-intimacy, the intimacy with the inner spirit or your higher power, and of course, intimacy in relationships. And so helping people create deeper intimacy is what my brand is all about. I do, um, I have a a series of books called Improving Intimacy in all aspects, and not only with um, your significant other, but also with friends, your children and business and all that, and sex, of course. I am a sex therapist. So I also do individual sessions, couples. I'm also Godman certified. So I do that. I have a podcast called Bringing Intimacy Back. And I do intimacy retreats. So. Wow, a lot of intimacy word in it. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Well, thank you so much for being on our show, uh, Dr. April. And uh, so what we're going to do today, we're going to go with the, the, the question and answer format that will help our listener better understand the term intimacy. As you mentioned earlier, you said about intimacy relates to sex, but also a lot of other things beside that. Um, just like the five love languages, one of them are actually physical touch, um, while others uh, are ma- mainly, you know, like uh, either act of service, gift, and all the other love languages that comes with it. So when you help your uh, patients deal with problems in intimacy, most of them relate intimacy to sex. So, but there's always underlying reason as why that causes that problem. So sex is not only the issue, there's a lot more behind it. So how do you determine exactly how to target the problem? Oh, well, first, it's also when you become a client and stuff, it's filling out paperwork. But in that paperwork, it's having you look at yourself. Okay. Part of it of developing intimacy, that first intimate moment was when we were a child. 
in those early stages of development. Okay. So sometimes we have to go back and look there. How are you um, connected with parent A, you know, foster parent or whatever the case may be. Sometimes it starts there. Sometimes intimacy issues have happened because of trauma, okay. you know, whether it's been um, a divorce or of course, you know, the sad thing of rape or even trauma of um, a miscarriage, right? Sometimes intimacy happens there, issues. Sometimes intimacy happens because there are medical issues going on, you know, whether it's high blood pressure, getting over cancer, you know, extra weight. Yeah, so there can be a variety of different things. And sometimes it's just life. You know, we, yes, yeah, intimacy requires energy. Mm-hmm. And, and whether, whatever kind of intimacy we're talking about. Yeah, and sometimes, you know, in this world, we just get so busy. We just go, 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 go. And we don't take time for ourselves or even take time to relax. So it can be an environmental thing. Also. So when it comes to all of what you just mentioned, uh, Dr. April, did you feel this one most common problem among all your clients uh, for the reason why they come to you? Is it environmental? Is it childhood trauma? Is it uh, hormonal? What is the most common problem that you see? Sometimes with um, young couples, okay, because I work with a lot of young couples, um, that they are very sexually intimate in the beginning. It's so exciting, yada, 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 you know, everything. Okay. <laughs> yes, yes. And then either something happens, maybe baby one comes or baby two comes. And maybe the woman just is so overwhelmed with stuff. She doesn't like her body, whatever the case may be. This baby's always on her chest, you know. And then the guy is like, oh my gosh, we're not having sex. You know, and and sometimes you think, well, you know, um, I've seen it where when my stomach is flat and I'm, you know, and why isn't she not wanting me and I want her, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so sometimes I have to explain to men that men are very physical. So when they see tits, butts, whatever, they're excited. Yes. Um, women especially as they get a little bit older, <laughs> it's emotional. Okay. It's that emotional connection, you know? You can have the greatest abs, you know? And maybe I jumped on you, you know, when I was 20, but now I'm 25, you know? And I need that emotional stuff. Okay, so men are not wired to offer that to women so they could be more sex between them? I'm not saying they're not wired. Some of them are not. <laughs> Some of them are clueless. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but some of them just, um, they haven't been taught. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So, so I guess fall- in this sense, not wired, I guess. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> does that fall into not understanding the love language of your significant other? Yes, it does. It does sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because the love languages are very important. So you may not understand, you know, I'm doing this, but you know, maybe I should help out with the kids more or, you know, or do one of the feedings at night. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's part of it. Also part of it is sometimes when we're stressed, some people are much more sexual. Like when stress, I just, I just need that release. Yes. Others, when they're stressed, they don't want anything. It's like the accelerator and the brakes. Mm -hmm. 
are, you know, and trying to, yeah, understand that. Yeah. And it's good to talk about things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Conversation is always a like, communication is always. Right. Yeah. Uh, communication so, intimacy. Yeah. So if we look at, you know, after the baby one, when, when women suffer from postpartum depression or any other uh, hormonal disbalance, um, how long usually does that last before it goes back to normal? Because sometimes the man is a bit lost into the into this journey because they say now the woman is putting 100% of her attention on the baby. The man right. is basically left aside. How can we bring the spark back into back the relationship in. when uh, everything is goes downhill? Right, right, right. So it depends on every woman's body is different. You know, some people can bounce back in six weeks. Others take a little bit longer. That's one aspect. The other aspect um, on the side of women is sometimes they weren't really taught about sexuality. You know what I'm saying? Um, they see it as, oh, this is something I'm supposed to do as wifely duty. Yes, yes. Yes, you know? And really, when I talk about sex, it really should be like a playground. Mm-hmm. You and I just go play. Yes, yes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's how it should be. So, um, if you're, you know, having a baby and the baby's coming, whatever, and it's been a couple of months and there's been, you know, nothing, then I think that's when the time that you and your partner should really start talk and say, well, you know, what's going on? Mm-hmm. What do you need from me? What do I need to show you? Okay. You know, that's, that's really important. Um, and also, of course, when you have a baby and something comes out of you, things change. Yes. Yeah, physically. Yeah. Yes. So working through that also is sometimes an issue too. So can a woman lose completely her libido after kids or um, because of, of course, the hormonal imbalance, or is it because they're not happy with their body, with what pregnancy did to their body, et cetera? So what really supersede? It can be both actually, because sometimes having a baby could have torn something. You know what I'm saying? So they or left something or whatever the case may be. So some people experience pain. Okay. You know, they try to have sex and then it's painful. And then of course, you know, they don't go get things checked out and, you know, shut down. Yeah. Right. Okay. Of course, um, hormonal changes, you know, um, when you breastfeed or not breastfeed, whatever the case may be, changes your hormones, your estrogen and all that. And you don't, have that, that same sexual feeling you had before, you know? And then the third thing, which I see a lot of is energy. Energy, okay. Energy between the couple or energy? Energy between the couple, but more be- specifically energy in the woman. Okay, like drained and uh, not- Drained, even- yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? If it's, you know, if I feel like I'm just working and having this baby or maybe I'm staying home and, the babies are yelling and screaming. I just have no energy. Before it was just me. Okay. And I had a whole lot of energy. Now I have this thing of <laughs> a baby. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. I, I, I have babies too. Um, yeah, that's always like draining my my you know energy level. And then this man at night went to my husband wants my energy too. So teaching women how to save their energy okay. and I give it all in the day teaching women how to ask for help. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because being a mom today, it's totally different than being a mom 30, 60 years ago. That is so true. That is so true. But do you think now the dynamic of um, like a household 
where women and men worked versus 30 or 40 years ago, where there was mostly stay-at-home moms. Uh, right. I feel now that the responsibility of a woman are much greater because now they have to juggle between uh, having kids and having a workload at the office and then having to manage the domestic responsibilities that they have. So do you feel that because of all this, it's hindering on their energy level and of course not wanting to be able to be intimate anymore in the fear of getting pregnant again? Right, yeah, definitely, definitely. And even you say, well, my mom worked um, and she seemed like she did it. Um, but now even with how big our world is and how big communities are and the amount of travel time of taking kid here, there, work and all that, all that takes time. Mm -hmm. I see. And yes. So what, what would you recommend um, if let's say a client comes to you, uh, Dr. April, and they're experiencing like uh, fatigue or energy level drain completely. Now, do you, do you tell the husband to be able to get more involved so they could take a lot of the load off of her shoulder so that she can regain some energy? Or is it, it can be like a million other reasons. It could be hormonal. It could be a lack of, of uh, attraction towards herself or towards her, her husband. I mean, it could be anything. So how do you narrow down the issues? Okay, so in my field, what I try to do is I really try to help couples see each other. Okay. You know, here, you know, through communication and, and see each other. So um, meeting with each person separately, I get the backstory and helping the man, you know, I'm, I'm just talking from the man's perspective, helping him to say what his needs are, what his wants are, um, helping him to be okay, asking, or doing things to help out, you know? Yes. On the flip side, on the women's side, helping to lose a little bit of control, you know? Okay. The man washes the dishes, but maybe he doesn't put a dish away or, you know, I didn't put it in the dishwasher correctly. You know, why lose my shit and decide yelling and screaming and saying, you know, I don't want his help because he doesn't do it right. But really you need his help. Yes. <laughs> you know, so that's, yeah. So being able, and then, and also helping them say, I need help. Sometimes people have a hard time even saying that, that I need help, you okay. know? Why would they be afraid to ask the husband for help? It's supposed to be their partner. Why that fear? Is it the fear of rejection? The fear yeah. of ignorance? What, what is exactly the, the fear? Fear of rejection, fear of ignorance, fear of I'm supposed to have this all together. Oh. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. You know, I saw my mother um, in the 80s, you know, women empowerment, they seem like they had it all. You know, they were able to multitask, you know, do a lot of stuff, even though now we know <laughs> multitasking is all that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then teaching them, um, even with intimacy of them coming together, it doesn't need to be a whole big deal. It's two people coming together to play. What are the barriers that are stopping you guys to play? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I worked with one recently, um, a couple that's kind of, in this and she's a nurse and in her mind she feels like if she has sex um it's going to zap away all her energy this is, she's not going to be able to do her work i don't know this this is <laughs> so and <laughs> <laughs> okay but is it, is it wants to keep her energy for work so she would run for work yeah yeah for work and for all this other stuff yeah 
but educating that sometimes um, with intimacy and with sex, it's a release. Okay. And these releases can help decrease anxiety, you know, because you have all this built up tension yeah. or whatever, but it also can um, improve your depression because of the good hormones. Yes. You know what I'm saying? The serotonins that come out. Yeah. And, and for many people, when this happens, they're actually much more productive. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So, I mean, definitely, I mean, there's always like uh, those hormones that are released during uh, intimacy, during sex and all. And if it's so healthy, why can people just wrap their mind around it to say, let's have more of it because that reduces anxiety level. Instead of taking this crappy medication that is being pushed by doctors to treat anxiety, depression, whatever else, why don't they just use intimacy to be able to solve those kind of problems? Because we were taught that sex was bad growing up, especially as females. Okay. You, you understand that, right? Yes, yes, yes. But besides for, beside for procreation, they feel that this is, well, it depends on the culture as well, Dr. April. Right, right, but right. That's the American culture is not perceived as bad. Right. Right, 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 right. And it does depend on the culture and sex and even in the um, spiritual religious aspect, it's more than just for procreation, it's for pleasure. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So then what would be um, when it comes in a scenario in a situation where um, the woman is not really, you know, capable or really interested in having sex and all, and the husband is very like into it because he feels that the benefits of sex, it's definitely uh, good for the body, for the soul, for the mind, etc. But if they cannot budge on that, do you recommend for them to just part ways? No, sometimes, um, let's, let me just talk from a woman's perspective. Like men grew up um, understanding their bodies. You know what I'm saying? Um, they know their body parts. Some of you put names to it. You know, if you line it up, they could pick it up. Okay. Flip side, women. We were not taught about our bodies. Many of us could not feel uncomfortable touching it. You know what I'm saying? Or if <laughs> put the same thing out there, we wouldn't even know which one was our vagina. We'd be like, I have no idea. Okay. So sometimes we don't even understand the benefits of it because we don't know the self-intimacy ourselves. And then, you know, I've heard women say, well, that's his job to know what pleases me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, I'm having sex, but I'm not getting any pleasure on it. That's his job to please me. But really, um, of course, you're gonna be with your own body for the rest of your life. You should understand your body. So teaching women um, self-intimacy about understanding their body, which then, um, and understand the pleasures of it, then helping them teach their partner, which can sometimes, you know. Built. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, so in, when, let's say you deal with uh, different patient that comes with a variety of different problems related to intimacy. Um, you mentioned earlier about intimacy with at work, with colleagues, with uh, kids, et cetera. Um, is it like more of an emotional, obviously, because then definitely you want to be able to kind of um, tell them to be, open about their feelings? What, what exactly do you mean by intimacy in that regard? Okay, so intimacy is into me, you see. Into me, you see, that's a good one, okay? Yes, yes. So it's about being um, totally there, body, mind, spirit, and soul. You know what I'm saying? 
So sometimes um, when we're connecting with people, like you and I are connecting, we are totally here at this moment. There's no distractions. No. Right. So when I talk about in, being having intimate moments with your children, it is actually you and your child actually being there together, not you on the phone, the kid on the co- yeah, computer, other distractions. It's having that bond. And then that creates that emotional bond. And whether you guys are talking, you know, playing um, cards together. Yes. When it comes to work, it's the same kind of thing. Yeah. And I'm not saying that you need to go and tell your boss all your personal problems. That's not what I'm saying. (laughs) Okay. Not at all. And I'm not saying that you need to cry in front of your boss. Okay. (laughs) I don't believe in that either. Okay. But what it means is having a connection with your boss, your, your customers, where you feel truly seen and they see you. I see what you mean. Okay. Um, I, I love the, the way that you uh, use the word intimacy as into me, you see. That's right. the first time that I hear that, which is really, really catchy. At the same time, it means so much. Because right. me, because the thing is like looking at someone's eye and looking at their soul, looking right. at their well-being, looking at, because sometimes um, you don't really need for someone to tell you that there's something wrong. You could see in their eyes and their body, you know, body language. So it's, it's quite alluring in terms of, you know, reading someone through their eyes, through their, their behavior, through how they interact with you. And that's something that can be a part of intimacy because a lot of people only correlate intimacy with sex or whatever else. So it's only the physical aspect, not the emotional and spiritual. Right. Exactly. Exactly. I felt like, you know, I've been doing this work prior to um, COVID or all that, but I just felt like people were just passing by each other and not having, you know, true connections. Mm -hmm. Now, those connections, obviously, you have to be super comfortable with that person. Can friends have that kind of intimate connection? Is it like when we talk about true friendship? I mean, there's good friends, close friends, and true friends, okay? Right. The three different categories. So um, is it able to read each other's mind that you would call this intimacy? Right. And so in the true friendship, um, and it's, you know, it's good if you can read each other's mind, but what it's more is that I can be authentic. I can share with you what I'm feeling, what I'm thinking about, what's in my heart and know that, Hey, you can do the same with me. And we're not judging each other. We're in this, this space, just you and I communicating. Okay. I see. So, I mean, I, I, in this regard, I mean, it's, it's interesting that the, the way that people, I mean, it's, we're not talking about uh, telepathy or anything of that sort. Right. <laughs> that would help. But yes. knowing the, how the person feels, whatever they, the way that they express themselves, the way that they communicate, you could basically understand all the underlying issue that they're actually facing. And this is what we call intimacy as well. Right, right, right. And you can, when you truly see someone, whether it's in business, whether it's for pleasure, you know, or other things, then you can make a connection, you know? And the more connections you have um, makes a difference in this world. Mm-hmm. I see. Yeah. Now, yeah. 
Yeah, so now when it comes to going back to what most people correlate intimacy with uh, physical sex between two uh, individuals, um, the, the energy, because I read somewhere, Dr. April, and tell me if I'm wrong or not, they said that when the woman absorbed the semen of a man, they absorbed their energy. And every man that she sleeps with, she absorbed a piece of their energy, either it being negative, positive, or whatever else is. And then whatever the uh, offspring comes out of the, the last, you know, let's say the husband, it's a combination of energy from all the men that she slept with. Is there truth to that? Um, I don't believe that that's fully true just because also in our body we um, release, you know what I'm saying? So um, I wouldn't say that the energy of who I slept with at 19. Yeah. <laughs> and then I have a baby at 35. Yes. Yes, yes, yeah. However, um, each person that you have a um, intimate moment with, you know, does make um, an impact in, in your life, an imprint in some aspect. Okay. That may change you better, worse. You know, you got to, you know, figure that out in that aspect of are the purpose that they are in your life for. Okay. So it's more of an emotional outcome, not a physical. Right. right. I see. I see. I see. So what would be the, the best recommendation that you will give to all of our listeners who are listening right now in terms of how to be able to be more or to create more uh, valuable intimacy or more genuine intimacy with their significant other? And that is beside the sex part. Okay. So number one, I would say is learning to be truly intimate with yourself. Okay. That means truly accept you for who you are. Okay. And one of the things I do a lot in all my sessions is I don't allow my, I teach my clients how not to say negative things about themselves. Okay. Okay. Cause you're going to be on your team for the rest of your life. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And divorce you. Okay. Yes. Yeah. When you're also, it does help on the spiritual intimacy too. You know, if you, yeah, that, that because that inner spirit, is there to protect you, to guide you, right. right? And if you have that inner spirit that's saying, hey, this is where I'm supposed to be, like I'm supposed to be right here talking with you, Dr. Dad, at the moment, then why would I have any other worries? Because this is where I'm supposed to be right here. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know? So it teaches you also that mindfulness. Okay. Okay. Advantage of the moment. Yes, yes. Being in the present. Mindfulness means being in the present moment without judgment. Okay. The other or yourself. So taking that mindfulness, then with your partner. You know what I'm saying? So if you're both there, truly in a mindfulness kind of atmosphere, enjoying all the senses, you know, enjoying how each other smell, taste, you know, that play environment is amazing. That is so true. Absolutely. So can you tell the listeners, um, how can they find you, uh, Dr. April, in terms of them seeking your services if they need any help related to intimacy? Okay, yes. So my name is Dr. April Brown, and you can quickly find me at www.drdraprilbrown.com. 
I, okay, I have free resources of uh, bringing intimacy back, which is a podcast on intimacy, little inexpensive books on all forms of intimacy. That's roughly around $5 or something on Amazon. You can sign up for counseling services, or you can go to the extreme of doing an intimacy retreat with me in Florida, in Costa Rica, Jamaica, or wherever our next spot will be. Wow. Okay. You go that far out, huh? <laughs> so where are you located, uh, Dr. Ipobam? I'm located in Southwest Florida, which is in between um, Miami and Tampa. Oh, I live in Tampa. Oh, okay. Awesome. Excellent. Okay. Well, uh, Dr. April, that is all the time that we have for today's podcast. I really appreciate you taking the time out of your very busy schedule to join us and sharing your extensive knowledge in the field of dating and relationship and intimacy. The many recommendations you shared to our loyal listeners will help them better navigate through these choppy waters. Now, we hope that you've all enjoyed today's episode, and I'm also very excited about the many upcoming industry experts that we have scheduled for season two of the Love and Dating Group with Dr. Ben podcast, filled with very valuable tip and advice, just like the one that you were listening to today. My name is Dr. Dan Amzalag, and you may all stay safe, sane, and smart when searching for that special someone. Stay tuned for our next episode.